0: Okay, top tribe. This week's winner of the 100 bucks that I give away every Monday is Kim Dust. She's in the entertainment industry and is currently working a full-time day job and doing her side hustle on the side. Kim, congrats! For you guys' chance to win 100 bucks every Monday, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to three three four four four. To officially enter. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444 after you've subscribed. Many people ask me what tool I used to sell my first company, Heyo. The answer is thetopinbox.com. I used it to send emails, schedule emails to be sent out later, and set reminders inside my inbox so I would know when potential buyers were actually interested, and I easily remember to follow up with ones that hadn't replied to me. You can try it for free at thetopinbox.com. Nathan Lakka here, this is episode 536. Coming up tomorrow morning, you're gonna learn from Justin McGill and how he raised 150 grand, then his CTO left. Now he's cruising at 30,000 bucks a month to recurring revenue with his company, Lead Views. Top job. Good morning. Nathan Latka here. Our guest today is Mark Godley. He has helped he has held leadership positions at technology companies of all different sizes, from pre-revenue to publicly traded. He's best known for driving revenue at significantly that significantly outpaces industry growth while rejecting herd mentality. That really is well you know thought of throughout the entire industry. He breaks many of these molds. Mark is equally proud of his accomplishments outside of work, finding time daily to read, work out, and cook all while being being an engaged father, spouse, and citizen. Mark, are you ready to take
1: us to the top? Absolutely. That guy sounds pretty interesting. (laughs) Let's
0: have some fun. All right. Tell us what HG Data does and how you guys generate revenue.
1: Uh, HG Data is in the competitive intelligence space, whatever that means. Uh, to, To break it down, we build data sets used by sales and marketing teams to do Precision targeting at scale is the phrase we use. Um, So the the general gist of what we're trying to accomplish is the days of mass marketing from a B2B perspective are over. People are expecting you to know something about them, their company, before you reach out. And we provide information that we believe allows people to do that at a scale never never before possible.
0: And when did you launch? what, What year was the company launched in?
1: Uh, I am not the founder. Uh, Craig Harris founded the company in 2012. After a prior exit, he had built a similar technology, similar company in the philanthropic space, realized that um, uh, for-profit companies had a lot more money. He sold the prior brand and customer base to Blackbaud, a CRM company, maintained the underlying IP and decided to be a greedy capitalist uh, by applying the, the same methodologies to the B2B arena. What a
0: beautiful thing. I love greedy capitalism. So, <laughs> Mark, you, uh, just to be clear, uh, you are not the founder or CEO, but you are the CRO today, right? The Chief Revenue Officer?
1: Yes, I have a fancy title that not even I'm uh, sure I know what it means. It's one <laughs> of those Silicon Valley buzzwords, CRO. Well,
0: we love money, so you could argue, I mean, many people would say the CRO is actually more interesting to talk to than the CEO, right? That's where everything happens.
1: Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I, it, to, to, to be specific about what I do, I handle all the market facing functions for the company, which includes um, sales, marketing, product, service, all but engineering. And, um, you know, one could argue, given what I do manage to some degree, indirectly, engineering uh, has a is highly influenced by me as well.
0: Great. So walk us through some of the economics of the business today. How many customers are you currently serving here in December 2016?
1: Um, customers, so that's an interesting, very interesting topic that I hope we delve into a little bit more. When the company was founded, it it, it served largely the enterprise space, which is very different for early stage uh, startup companies. So we started selling to companies like HPE, IBM, etc. cetera. Uh, it, and only in the last year or so have we started to go uh, down market to be very specific, because I know you're a guy that's going to pull those out of me sooner or later. Um, we have about 15 to 20 enterprise clients. By enterprise clients, I mean folks that are spending mid six figures with us. Again, the annually. likes of the IBMs, the HPs of the world. Is that um, six that they, figures annually, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Recurring revenue yep. Yeah. Um, and then the other traditional customer we've had is OEM partners who use our data set as part of their product. And those folks uh, are names like the data.coms of the world, the discover orgs of the world, the Dun & Bradstreet's of the world, uh, the predictive vendors like lattice engines and lead spaces and these kind of folks. We have about 50 of those. Um, they spend about, about high five figures. So eight, you know, 80 to a hundred thousand dollars with us annually. Um, and then what? what's most interesting is uh, we've really transitioned from being a data company to a product company in the last year or so by offering UIs and skins on top of our data for the mid-market companies that don't have the internal teams to, to onboard third-party data sets. And uh, we probably have 100 to 125 of those uh, with an average ASP of about 25 grand. So you add all that up, which I know you're trying to do as That's I- an, Is as that I, annual sales price ASP? Yes. Okay. Yes. That all adds up to, we'll finish the year somewhere between 10 and $12 million Uh, which is we've doubled the business each of the last four years. So if you roll that back, you know, it was one and a half million, then three, then six, and now 10 to 12.
0: Guys, don't you love it when I have a guest on that's listened to the show? It's like, I don't, I don't even have to be here. I just let Mark, you just talk to the microphone and just (laughs) give it to my people. You know, all the questions I'm going to (laughs) ask. All right. So you'll finish here in 2016 with around 10 to 12. And you said you did about 6 million in 2015. Yes. Okay. Very good. So uh, break down that revenue in 2015. You said is was more top heavy, and and your hope is in 2016, 2017, you're going to kind of go increase the customer base but lower ARPU's.
1: Exactly. So when I came into the business uh, a couple of years ago, and largely was responsible for putting the go to market strategy in place. Again, it was these large enterprise clients, and I, honestly, I thought this was a great problem to have because most SaaS companies start with selling to their buddies that are other VC-backed companies that don't have a lot of revenue um, or budgets. And then they eventually try to leapfrog into enterprise. We've done the exact opposite um, in that we have a very, very uh, secure enterprise client base. You know, I can I can throw out that, that silly Silicon Valley term of negative churn. Yep. All of them come back and actually spend more money with us. And what we're now endeavoring to do is um, I would say make the use of that data that we sell, which is hundreds of millions of rows of data, much more usable by a 25-year-old BDR, you know, two years out of college, or much more usable by a marketing coordinator. So we've created use case specific experiences and we're selling, uh, rather than selling the data, we're selling subscriptions to those UIs. And that's why the ASP is is coming down from, from six figures down to frankly low low five figures in the $20,000 range. Well,
0: any of this, like if a big company that's paying you, you know, it's called 100,000 bucks, they signed a two-year contract, so they're paying you 200 grand on that. If they see you introduce lower pricing, do they call you and go, hey, give me the lower price? Like,
1: does this cannibalize any of your revenue? So there, there it is, the, the tricky balance we're trying to walk. A matter of fact, it's not just the large enterprise customers, Nathan. Keep in mind what I said earlier. It's also the OEM Partners. But yep. in fact, if I get real specific, I'll tell you that 50% of our revenue is direct clients. The other 50% is partners. Those partners that are about 50% of our revenue. Wait, and hold on, they, hold on.
0: Those, those partners, sorry, those those partners are, are people like Full Contact, uh, Discover Org.
1: Not Full Contact specifically, but that ilk, those type of companies. Okay. So here, here's the tricky challenge. They are selling into the mid-market and OEM space directly. Yep. So how do I enter that market without cannibalizing them. That's what I worry more about because at the enterprise space, the product is differentiated. They have access to columns of data and longitudinal analysis that the mid-market has no interest in. So those big boys see they're introducing mid-market products, it really doesn't apply to their use case. What I'm worried about is how can I, how can I double in 2017 without pissing off all my partners and saying we're going after their clients. That's the, that's the rub that frankly, we're in the process of trying to figure out
0: what's your gut. Tell you how you're going to do that right now. I know it's not perfect.
1: Well, I come from a background where cannibalization and channel conflict is um, what a VP of sales spends 30% of his or her time on. And it's a freaking nightmare. Mm-hmm. What I'm really uh, intrigued about at HD data is those OEM partners, they actually don't use our data in a uh, client-facing way. They use our data as an ingredient to predictive work, scoring work, filtering work, where our data is not exposed directly to their client. And so what I'm hoping happens, Nathan, is we introduce products that don't compete with them, but actually can sit side by side in that enormous sales and marketing stack that's been created. And we'll actually end up collaborating and helping each other so, for instance, when, when a client buys my HG Focus Chrome extension and says, this is great. Can you score my leads with it? I can say to them, no, I don't. But go, go work with one of my partners that actually has already done that for okay. you. Got it. That's the hope. Uh, let's do this interview a year from now. I'm still sitting in this chair. Probably means we've been successful. We'll
0: see. We'll see what happens. Yep. Very good. Okay. <laughs> let's let's get into some more of the unit economics. Let's focus just on your enterprise sector to make it simpler. So you said you did about six million in twenty fifteen. You'll finish out twenty sixteen between ten and twelve million. What's each kind of a customer paying you on average per month, or per year? Whatever's yeah. easier. So we do it annually, Nathan. So
1: um, on average, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Now, now that's that's very misleading. Because the way these enterprise clients evolve is, they will start with us in year one with some kind of business unit or specific pilot of sorts. That typically they're spending fifty to a hundred thousand dollars on. That's the proving ground of our data. Once they see that it performs incredibly well, by the time you go from a from a, a pilot to the first annual subscription, the first annual subscription is probably saying, "I want all your data in North America for two hundred fifty grand." They then use it and say, wow, that was pretty cool. Our ROI was significant on that. What do you have in EMEA? What do you have in APAC? What do you have in Latin? And so what happens over time, and that gets to that silly negative churn uh, uh, phrase I used earlier, is our renewals on our enterprise accounts go from 250 to 500 750 to we have accounts over a million dollars that they're spending with us in year three yep. and four.
0: Good. Okay. So if you had to tally up a total customer base, you said 15 to 20 enterprise, about how many OEMs? Uh, probably fifty. Okay, so you have around a hundred customers.
1: Well, so the the a little bit more than that because okay. I mentioned the last year we've gone into the mid market, yep. and we've acquired somewhere between eighty and a hundred. I, I was on an airplane this morning, so I actually couldn't go into Salesforce and pull it directly, but somewhere between eighty to hundred in the mid market at that at that seven thousand dollar ASP. And, so and December two hundred customers to- directly is the number I think you should be comfortable with telling your your. Listeners about, and then again the OEM partners. Um, I got fifty of them. They're they're using our data across hundreds of customers, um, and they're actually to some degree building our brand and building the market for our competitive intelligence data by so, using it in there.
0: So, Mark, closing out kind of 2016 here, December, or you probably have a good guess of what MRR is this month. What is it?
1: I actually don't follow MRR. Um, you only, do ACDs, again, I'm not just being annuals. I'm not,
0: what's that? You only follow annual the annual contract renewals.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this stage of our company's growth, we just closed our B round of funding earlier this year. It's all about expansion. Uh, 12 and change. Our okay. total funding through the B round, I think is 24 grand. Um, million. Oh, I'm sorry, twenty-four million. yeah, okay. imagine that, 24 grand. Hey, you're on a so, salary. <laughs> we're focused really about, about um, uh, building this new space. We are losing money by design. Uh, We expect to be cash flow positive if things go as planned by 2018. And we have enough cash to get there with a lot in the bank. Um, So honestly, we don't look at MRR as much as we look at ARR. You know, ARR, um, you know, it's going to be somewhere north of that 10 million uh, if the next three weeks of contracts in in red line right now go as planned.
0: And what about, uh, don't don't count um, upsell uh, revenue. What is your gross annual customer churn? Uh, So how do you...
1: You want me to calculate in, 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 in number of customers? Uh, exactly. Is this an
0: important uh, number for you guys? If you don't know it's it, less maybe it's, not than, important. No, it's
1: less than 10%. We don't, we, okay. we've been incredibly fortunate that we have close to no churn. No matter if you look at revenue churn or client churn. Now, interesting, you know, uh, go look at one of the posts. I, I did a blog post about two months ago about, let me give you a real specific. We've had one six figure churn in the last four years. So you do the math on that. Yeah, we may lose a $10,000, $12,000 customer here or there, but in aggregate, it's not very meaningful against the overall base of business. What are
0: you willing to spend to acquire a customer?
1: Well, we're trying to bring that down. So so given that most of our business has been that high five figure and low six figure or mid six figure number, most of our sales team, which right now is about 10-ish people of our 80 total employees, okay. you know, um, you know, we're paying these people uh North AT? of 150, definitely north of 150. Obviously, you still What's that? North of 250. Um, for the ones that are performing, yes, probably not for the. Average, okay, so we're looking two to 250 um, on on a whale hunter of sorts. Yep. But as you move down market, you know those numbers don't don't play out. So we're building an inside BDR team ourselves. We're looking at more of a high velocity sales model. Um, and we're hoping that the product is so good and we design it so well that we can, you know, bring in a sixty, eighty thousand dollar, hundred thousand uh, dollar type early, early career inside sales rep and just scale the hell out of this. So, thing.
0: Mark, what is current CAC?
1: I actually don't know that,
0: I, and I, I'm not being north uh, of north of what. Just give me a range. What do you think is definitely north of?
1: Nathan, I totally honestly don't know if you had if you had Craig. On he wouldn't know. He wouldn't know either. It, we need we need our CFO for that. Well, you,
0: how do you how do you okay? How, I mean, obviously it's important because you said we have to get it down immediately and ask the question, so you know it's too high.
1: Well, I know it's too high because you don't find quarter million dollar sales reps selling twenty five thousand dollar products. Got it. Got
0: it. Okay. Good. Makes sense. Where are you guys based? You got a team of eighty. Where are you at?
1: The company is based out of uh, Santa Barbara, a beautiful place to work. Um, I live in San Francisco and Silicon Valley and come down weekly. Of the 80 people, most of them are here. There's a little bit of a Silicon Beach thing going on here with a couple other really uh, successful tech companies that are um, finding refugees from the Bay Area or people from L.A. that are sick of entertainment that uh, know how to code, that want to come up and live in paradise.
0: Awesome. Hey, Mark, where's the best place for folks to connect with you online if they want to watch you keep building this thing?
1: Uh, probably LinkedIn or on Twitter, mgodly21 is uh, my personal handle.
0: Folks, I may have to stop doing the podcast. I will tell you why I have found a business and I'm ready to go all in. It's the one I want to take public by the time I turn 30. It's called the top inbox.com. And here's why I know it's going to be big, very big. There are so many other companies charging way too much for this right now. Yes, Yesware, ToutApp, Boomerang. That's to do things like send later reminders and auto for salespeople inside of your Gmail inbox. I'm doing it, I'm gonna do it for free. We have so many people using it, it's growing so fast. And we do many of the things that salespeople love. We don't require people to leave the inbox to go log into a website. It's so simple to use. And I have to tell you, I mean, salespeople are like drooling over this thing. They're like licking the the drool off their keyboard. They're loving this thing so much. Thetopinbox.com. Go install it now. Use it for free, people. Okay, I like you because you're listeners. Use it for free before I decide to start charging for it. Go right now to thetopinbox.com. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. All right, Top Tribe, we'll link to that in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top 536. Again, forward slash the top 536. Mark, let's wrap up with the famous five. These are one-word answers. You ready?
1: Uh one word is tough for me, but I'll try All
0: right, number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: I don't read business books. Uh, I think the world's much too interesting for that. Um, I am reading right now a book uh, called Devil in the White City by Eric Larson, fantastic historical novelist.
0: Number two, is there a CEO you're following right now?
1: Um, the folks in the startup community of MarTech and SalesTech are folks that I watch pretty closely. Um, and two guys that I would suggest you reach out to, to maybe talk to that I think are doing amazing work would be Henry Shuck of discover org and Jonathan Stern of ZoomInfo.
0: guy. Right. And we had, if you guys want to check out Henry, we had him on back on the 18th of December. That's com forward slash the top five, one, two, they just passed 70 million bucks in ARR at discoverorg.com. Who was he the second one? one? Scrappy dude. Who was the second What was the Jonathan second one? Stern. Okay. Y- Jonathan Stern of ZoomInfo. Very good. Number three is their favorite online tool. You have
1: so on the personal level, uh, I use Flipboard and Stitcher daily. You'll 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 appreciate Stitcher. Yep. On the business perspective, I use Gagalamp to, to allow our employee base to amplify our social um, coverage. And then Lead Forensics is one we're bringing on board that we have high hopes for to do reverse IP lookup to convert uh, unknown visitors to known visitors on our website.
0: Number four. Yes or no? Do you get eight hours of sleep every night?
1: Um, I I had three tw- I had three daughters in diapers uh, over a decade ago, so the answer would be no. Six hours. I uh, get up at five a.m. I wish I could sleep on less.
0: What's uh, and how old are you today? I'm forty-seven years old. All right. So last question, Mark. Take us back twenty-seven years. What do you wish your twenty-year-old self knew?
1: So I actually think I've won the lottery of life. Um, If the implication of that question is, what would you do differently? I actually have no regrets. That being said, general advice I would give any 20 year old living below your means gives you tons of options. Um, Think about your life. You want at age 50 and work backwards. We're running a marathon, not a sprint. It takes planning, sacrifice and resilience. And then don't define success or happiness by your paycheck.
0: There you guys have it from Mark Godley, CRO at HG Data. They're serving around 200 customers. They raised 24 million bucks, did six million in 2015 revenue. will break the $10 million mark here in 2016. Uh, CAC and ARPU and all that right now is focused on enterprise. They are moving down market to service more people with their da- backend data set with a team of 80 people based in Santa Barbara. Mark, thank you for taking us to the top. If you enjoyed Mark today, go back and listen to Dominique yesterday. He's a 24 year old founder, but now he's a venture capitalist at Hummingbird VC in Europe. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars and I have something special for you today.